What is going on? The Clover Tech Crew and the Ghost Squad. Welcome to the Ghost and Clover podcast powered by our good friends over at European American Army or EAA. We are live as always on YouTube, streamed to over 150 countries worldwide. My name is Trey with Ghost Tactical, and I will be your captain on today's magical sleigh ride. Our co-pilot will be coming here in a second. We'll bring Clover in a minute. But before we do, we want to remind everybody, if you are in the live chat, please go ahead and say something. If you say anything in the chat at all, it does get you eligible to be picked for the random viewer topic. That is segment three. If you're new to the podcast, then what happens basically is this is a train wreck. Let's just be honest about it. But uh, each of us bring a topic that we discuss for 10 or 15 minutes, and neither one of us knows the topics ahead of time. So it's kind of a surprise to all of us at once. And then we have um, the viewer topic brought to you by our friends at Taurus. But uh, like I said, we're going to bring Clover in here. And if you are listening to this in replay or in podcast, um, make sure that you leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. More importantly, we invite you to join us for the live stream and that allows you to interact with the crowd and with us live. But more importantly, once again, it gets you eligible for the viewer topic. So let's bring in uh, our shotgun writer, if you will. What's up, Clove? Hey, there. Hi, there. Ho, 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 there. Ho, 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 there. Yes, sir. We are on the magical sleigh ride tonight, you know. So I had a thought. Uh, don't hurt yourself. So, well, we're going to double up for next week. We are, right. yeah. So finish out the year uh, with this particular podcast. Um, what if we doubled the viewer segment next week? You got a problem with that? Like I got no problem with that whatsoever. I had no problem with that. Hell, we could do all three segments viewer driven if you wanted to. Oh, do something different for the last yeah. one. I like that one even better. How about that? Let's do that. That's, yeah, that's less work for us, man. <laughs> You know, I'm not very smart. People that know me know that. And for me to come up with topics is kind of difficult sometimes. So. Oh, but when it's getting out of work, you're right there with it. I hear you. you darn straight. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, like I think, that. I think that'd be. I think that'd be fun for the last one of season one. It's been a great season, by the way. I know that it's kind of crazy. This is episode number 21, and next week will be episode number 22, and then we'll have, take a hiatus for a month or so. And um come back but yeah it's for season one man it's kind of strange when we this is about a year ago when we started to do this actual like as a dedicated podcast and a year later uh it's been a, it's been a fun ride i've enjoyed it how about you uh yeah it just wasn't official until well this uh, we've had the ghost and clover stuff for five years we just didn't yeah. uh didn't yeah. actually create an actual podcast go get sponsorships and all that stuff right Right. You know, we got to, you know, say thanks again, obviously, to EAA and, and Taurus for. Absolutely. Man, they didn't even flinch at pulling the trigger on it. Which Never even flinched. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, uh, they may want to come back. You never know. Uh, you know, with, with the train wreck this is, you know, the, the, the funny thing is the good people over at EAA, um, they are warped and have a sit. All of them are warped and have six sense of humor. It's kind of like we do. So it kind of like goes along great with us. So, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think they, and I think they realize the value. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, you don't have like Coca-Cola advertises on places other than soft drink podcasts and sure. food 
channels, right? Like, you know, so, you know, why wouldn't somebody be okay with, you know, a, a, a variety hour podcast about nothing, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And and for those that are out there that might be listening to this podcast for the first time and like, what the hell is going on? We started doing the ghost and Clover kind of one off podcast five years ago, six years ago, just having fun. And talking about stuff that we normally talk about on the phone, which is very little gun stuff normally. And we've always joked about this, guys. We always said, you know, we, we should have we should have taped recorded that phone call. That would have been a great podcast. True. So when we decided to do this, we're like, you know what? Let's you know, do we talk guns? Yeah, sure. We talk guns. Um, but that's not the driving force of this. And a lot of it is because guns aren't the only driving force in either one of our lives. So we, right. we have other interests and. We like talking about different things. And, and so I, th- I think that it's enjoyable. I think people, the feedback that I've gotten from everyone, I don't know for you, uh, have, have enjoyed the podcast this year. And next year, we'll only get better. We'll probably come up with some new, different, fun things to do. But uh, I, I've enjoyed it myself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So um, speaking of the first topic, I believe this one is yours, my friend. So we're going to try to get through this one in 15 minutes. Uh-oh. And I, I contemplated, could we do it? And I think we can pull it off. I think we can All pull right. it off. Um, I want to go sports ball. I want to go NFL. Okay. okay. Um, I want to go basically best all-time in their prime offense lineup, oh. best all-time in their prime defense lineup. Now, here's the way I want to do this. Since this is All my right. topic. Yeah. Uh, and I've had obviously a little bit of thought into the subject. Yes, you have. Um, here's what I want to do. I want each of us to pick whether it's your all-time offense or all-time defense. I'm going to let okay. you choose which one, if you're going offense or defense. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go whichever one you stick me with or is left yeah. over. I'm going to go first. Okay. That way you've got a little time and you know what now, the people that you pick are off the board. Are they, are they, are they, well, they be, well, they're going to be because we're on totally different sides of the football. Oh, okay. So you're picking offense or defense. Right. And I'm picking, we're not, we're not <laughs> both picking offense and defenses. Right. right Interesting. Right. Okay, okay. I'm in. So, I'm in. Yeah. So let's set up before you choose whether you want offense or defense. We're going to uh-huh. go old school smash mouth. Um, uh, uh, what am I thinking? Formation. So we're going to go quarterback, okay. fullback, halfback, center, guards, tackles, tight end, two receivers for offense. So two okay. two backs, two receivers, one tight end. Right. On offense. Uh, defense, we will have the tackles, the ends, three linebacker configuration. Two okay, so four, three. A, a four, three. Okay, perfect. Okay. okay. Got so, it. With that in mind, do you want offense or defense? Ah, uh, man, I don't care. Uh, I'm going to let you go first, and you pick whichever one you want. How about that? Uh, I'm, good, I'm good either way. I'm good either way. Either way? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go defense. I'm gonna okay. Go, All I'm right. Gonna go, All right. You know, best offense is a good defense, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go defense. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if you could put together something that can crack my, my defense. Um, okay. So let's start out with the, with the line. Um, okay. 
let's talk let's talk tackles it's a very defensive tackle who talks about a defensive tackle um i'm gonna go cortez kennedy and, and, and let me back up and say whether they're on the right side of the field or the left side of the field, sort of irrelevant. Sure. Let yeah, also, yeah, yeah. Let me also back up and say that as the coach, the GM, the whatever, if you want to substitute a player that doesn't traditionally play a position for a position, that's cool. Yeah. Too, okay. Right? All right. Um, so, so um, put it this way, I don't have to pick like a left tackle and a right tackle for offense. I can just pick two tackles regardless of, Right. If they played yeah. left or right. Yeah. Okay. okay. And if okay. you wanted to kick, let's say a a receiver to tight end or some weird. Sure. No, I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll go with the one tight end. Or a tackle to a guard or a guard to a tackle. That would be. Yeah. Okay. So as long as they're linemen, um, it doesn't matter if they're guards or tackles. More or less. No. I mean, I okay. just don't care. You're obviously you're not going to put a receiver in a lineman position or a lineman Correct. in a receiver position. That'd be stupid. Correct. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. I got you. Anyway. So tackles, uh, defensive tackles. Uh, yeah. I go Cortez Kennedy and Warren Sapp. I can't argue either one of those. I think that's where I go tackle. Um, mm. That brings us to the defensive ends. <sighs> and I know that you're probably going to be heavy in the quarterback receiver game because there's so many good ones. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna kill me because I'm gonna I'm I mean, so how I, do you choose just one? Right? Let's say linebackers you know. for you. How are you gonna choose just three linebackers? Oh, I I've, know I've, I know one of them. I guarantee I know one of them. I've got I've got about five <laughs> in the Rolodex, yeah. and it's like right now I'm kind of weighing, but I'm leaning toward three. So I think we'll get there and and and, and why. Right. Um. I, I know you're probably gonna be gunning in the offense. Um. So I definitely need some pressure. Yep. Yep. And, I, and, you know, you go with some really high-end sack leaders, right? Um, yep. I think I go Reggie White on one side and Bruce Smith Oof. on the other, man. Man, that's brutal. Right? Brutal. That's right? brutal. Yeah. So what you're uh, telling me is I better have some damn good tackles is what you're saying. Uh, probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you better, you better, yeah, you better build the line. Hope you did. You I hope you know linemen. Is all I gotta say. Yeah, uh, and there's there's some great linemen that also there like, are defensive, some. like defensive tackles don't get enough love. Yeah, uh, the, the big guys, right? You ever heard Madden call plays on the big guys when they? Get oh, the they're great. They're great. Oh, yeah, I love it. Um, so that brings us to linebackers. Ah, uh, so. I've got, dude. I'm putting I'm putting Jack Lambert in the middle. That's that's solid. That's solid. Uh, uh, Jack Lambert was a mean son of a bitch. You yeah. Know? And and there's a reason I put Jack Lambert in the middle. Uh, Jack Lambert was decent on interceptions for a for a poor linebacker. Yeah. In his day. Uh, but Jack Lambert was smash mouth. And I think in the middle, I think I'm gonna have to try to stop your running game. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Lambert could do it. Um, not that, not that the other linebackers I got in mind can't. Right. Yeah, no, but I, I get think, it. but I think Lambert, my other two choices, I think Lambert is the least fast. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. And, and I would love to be able to, uh, the linebackers be able to get, 
you know, potentially a, a crossing receiver, something else, right? That's a speed sure. game. I would like to have somebody some on the outsides, right? A little bit faster. Sure. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, on one side, I go LT. I, that was the one that I knew. I mean, that's, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the goat in my eyes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One side I go LT. The other, I've conflicted. Yeah. But man, I want, you know, I want somebody smash mouth mm-hmm. for sure. And I, I think I go Ray Lewis, man. So I am all for those three. The only, if, if I was to do it differently, yeah. I'm all in on Lewis and I'm all in on LT. The two, in my opinion, the two greatest linebackers of all time. Yeah. Um, what I would have done differently is I probably would have moved Ray Lewis to the middle and would gotten like a Derek Thomas on the outside. So that you had LT oh. and Derek Thomas rushing the outside. Bit a lot more, yeah. This is true. But yeah. no, but, but 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 now but now you've got to have now you have to worry about Ray Lewis rushing from the outside and Jack Lambert just eating up everything in the like you said it's for the run game and so well, if you you're trying put, to stop the run game Jack Lambert is 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 a good I middle think, linebacker. I think has the edge right has the edge yeah and, yeah. and keep in mind yeah. your configuration can change you could this is true always, you can always put Lambert on the outside if you yeah, want to depending on the, Lewis on the, at the middle on the play you could shift around yeah yeah, yeah sure uh so that brings us to cor- cornerbacks right. I know one um, of them. <laughs> um, Maybe. I, I I don't think I think you do, but not not the way I'm fixing to play this. I don't think. Okay. All right. Go uh, for it. On one side, I want I want interception power for sure. Sure. Uh, I want to be able to force your run. I want to force your running game. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I have to deal with Lambert and my and my linebackers. Quite yeah. Honest. Sure. Yeah. Um. And my defensive ends, for that matter. Um, I go. I think I go Rod Woodson on one side. Okay. And the opposite side, I'm going old school, baby. I'm going night train. You going night train? Interesting. Interesting. Well, Dick Lane, I think, on the other side at cornerback. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till you draft your safeties, and I'm gonna do your secondary as a whole. How about that? Yeah, that that'll work. As the um um and and in night train, I mean Smash Mouth era, which is awesome. Yeah, but you know, high up on the interception. Yeah, agree as well. I think. Okay, so that pulls us to our safeties. Yeah. Uh, number one, dedicated safety. Solid pick, I think, in my book. When you when you think safety, Ronnie Lott. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, Number two is where it gets interesting. Number two is I'm going to pull a traditional cornerback to safety. You're going to put D on at safety, simply because I want some speed back there. Interesting. Okay. And yes, I pull D on. I draft D on, and I pull him into corner into uh, from cornerback to safety. Sure. No, no, no. I, I, if you, if you go secondary, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have gone a different route. I understand why you went the way you went. Right. Mm-hmm. I go Dion and Daryl green at the corners. Oh yeah. 
And then I'd go Ronnie Lott and Steve Atwater in the safeties. Oh, and say, Atwater come get you some. And say, Atwater come get you some, boys. <laughs> yeah, Atwater would have been a good one. Yeah. But here's the thing. We're, we're, we're yeah. splitting hairs, right? We're talking all Hall of Famers here, right? I mean, so. Um, uh, you, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. pretty much you're talking. I'm, I'm talking caliber, right? You're talking Hall of, hall of oh, Famers. Yeah. Whether they're in the Hall or not, all of these people. Um, I believe they are. I believe they, everybody is. Yeah. I, I believe so. I believe so. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, man. Uh, putting D on at safety is kind of like that that center fielder saying no matter which way you throw it, I can catch it. It's pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it gets some speed to get somebody to maybe one if, if, because I, I think I'm lacking depending on the receivers. Right. And this is, I'm trying to hedge bets on, this is what's dangerous about going first. I'm trying to hedge bets on what your lineup is going to no, be. No, exactly. No, I whatever. get it. It's should I have a receiver get past the cornerback? Yeah. Um, I'd be nice to have some some speed in the deep secondary. No, 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 no. no I'm I'm not saying that I would have done anything. I mean, you know, I I I 100 percent right. like the way Dion, you're going with it. Dion is not a heavy hitter, but maybe no. he could get there and at least bat it down. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. all you got to do. All you got to do is is create another down. So, um, with that said. Uh, we've got, let's go over it again one more time. Uh, yeah. we've got Cortez Kennedy, Warren Sapp, Reggie White, Bruce Smith up front. Yeah. We've got Ray Lewis, LT and Lambert in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Rod Woodson, uh, and, uh, night train at the corners and, uh, Dion and Ronnie Lott, uh, in the, uh, in the deep end there. So, uh, However, you want to start out with this quarterback, I guess. The no, I'm gonna start, I'll start with the line. I'll start with okay. the line. Work my uh, way out. Yeah, work my way back then out. My receivers will probably be the last. How about right. that? Right. Uh, so at center, I'm going to go Jeff Saturday. Uh, oh. Great center for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, yeah. Yeah kind of changed the way that centers were before they were just a guy that snapped it and he kind of took over and and made it to where he was calling a lot of the blocking coverage he was relying on the quarterback to call it mm-hmm. saturday peyton uh, peyton trusted saturday to call a lot of the blocking schemes from the line so yeah. um yeah saturday was a great quarter uh, i mean a uh, center quarterback for the line but he can go in my center uh, my two guards, my two guards, I'm going to go uh, Bruce Matthews. Oh, solid. Yeah. Bruce Matthews. Yeah. yeah. And Jonathan Ogden. Uh, mm-hmm. Ogden played for the Ravens. And, and uh, well, Matthews played for a bunch, um, but I knew him mostly um, for, I would say, the, the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans. Um, but he played, you know, played for, for 20 years. So he played for several different teams. Oh yeah. But, uh, those are my two guards. My two tackles are going to be Anthony Munoz and oh, Larry yeah. Allen. Okay. Okay. I like Allen. And the only reason why I pick Allen is Allen was one of the undersized tackles, but he was quick and fast and could move. And knowing who you're bringing from the outside, whether it's Reggie White or LT or Ray Lewis, I need to have the tackles that aren't just big blockers. They're they're agile. Um, if you would have said 
you know, yeah. Dick Butkus and some of the bigger loafier linebackers, I could have gone a different route. But Larry Allen and Munoz were big, but they weren't huge, but yeah. they were quick. They could move laterally. And with your pass rush coming from the corners and the outside with, you know, Reggie White and LT and all these guys, I'm and, and then Bruce Smith on the other side with, with Ray Lewis, I'm going to have to have some tackles, not only that can run block, but can handle the pressure from the corners. And, and I think those those two can handle it. Yeah, I would. Um, uh, that's a solid line. I would, yeah. you know, I'm thinking on center, you know, I'm thinking the versatility as a snapper of Dermonte Dawson. Okay. Uh, I almost I almost went with snap. Mike Webster. Yeah. Oh, that would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking deep snaps, you know, straight to a running back, just weird situations. Yeah. Um, but solid. You've got a solid line. Yeah. 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 I'm not too worried with my defense, but you've got a solid line. No, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Um, so that's my line, my tight end. I'm going to go see this is this is where it's gonna be different. I I I, I want to pick a couple different players. But I'm going to need a tight end that can obviously catch and run, but I need someone that can that can still block when needed. Need a big boy too, yeah. Need a big boy. I was going to go Anthony Gonzalez, and I was going to go, and I would have been okay with that. But I'm going to go with. I'm going to show you where I'm from. I'm going to show you my age. I'm going with Jay Novacek. Oh snap! That's who would be on my list, and and here's why. First of all. Tight ends, look at the Hall of Fame, look at anything. Tight ends get yeah. no love, right? No you agree love. with that? They get no, no love. love. Novacek would be on my list, and here's why. I think with the caliber of the lineup that we're talking about here, yeah. he would rise to that occasion because I think he probably should be in the Hall of Fame anyway. I do, too. Um, that, that's just me, yeah. And he's a big old boy. He's a big old boy. And here's the funny thing is he was drafted from Wyoming because, yes, he could catch, but he was a great, great pass block, uh, run blocker. And people don't understand that, you know, Emmett Smith was a great running back, but he had Daryl Johnson as his fullback, and he had Jay Novacek on the tight end blocking. Uh, Novacek is not afraid. I mean, he was a rodeo cowboy. He was not afraid of, of contact. Um, and on top of that, there hasn't been, there, there's some great tight ends. I, I, I thought about Travis Kelsey, who'd be the only current player that I would pick because he's a great yeah. tight end, but well, he doesn't block. But then you got to deal with Taylor Swift up in the, that's box. true. And, and, and trust me, I do not want to deal with that. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Jay Novacek's going to be my tight end. Um, now what I am going to do is, is I know you said we're going to do a running back and fullback. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do two running backs instead of a fullback. That's fine. You can move one to another position. I can move one to another. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is I'm going to go a two-back system. It's just not going to be a fullback. We're still going to have a split-back system. That's fine. Yeah. All right. So my first running back is going to be Bo Jackson. Solid. Solid. He's he's big, he's strong, and he's fast. My second running back. I mean, this, it is, we're talking prime. Yeah, we're talking oh, yeah. prime. Yeah. My second one, I almost went Jim Brown. I almost went Jim Brown. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine having Bo Jackson and Jim Brown in the same backfield? But well, I'll, I mean, I'll give you my I'll give you my dream backfield in a second. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to go Barry Sanders as my other back. 
That's I think the quickness. Uh, who you know, pick your poison? One of those two, Jackson and Barry Sanders, are not both not going to be off. You know, right. every game, one of them's going right. to just be amazing, especially with that line and all of that. Um, I mean, I, I, I had, would, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Whatever you was. I was going to say, I had about five in my head. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know that I I was thinking about you know the Marcus Allen's, oh. the Eric Dickerson's, the Jim Browns of the world, but the, I went with Bo and Barry. The problem, Barry's good at the juke and and, and that sort of thing. I, I yeah. get it. Uh, Bo Bo had some power. Bo was hard, kind of hard to break down. But Bo reminded reminds me a lot. It reminded me in his prime a lot of Earl Campbell. Yep. And so, in thinking about this a little bit, uh, not knowing if I was going to get offense or defense, I had pretty much come to the conclusion I was going Earl Campbell and Jim Brown. I was going to knock your freaking teeth in. So, I, I thought about like, Earl Campbell and Jim Brown, but the reason right. why I went with, with Bo and Barry is not only are they great backs, but they're both fast. But here's the thing. They can both catch the ball out of the backfield very well. And True. so, you can run screen plays. You can run a lot of different things with Bo Jackson and Barry Sanders in the backfield. But yeah, if you, would, if you would have said Jim but Brown, they, Earl Campbell, Jesus. But they got to get across the line of scrimmage, and that's yeah. that's the other no, part of that. You. Like they catch the ball, good, be good at catching the ball in the backfield all day long. But if, if you yeah. linebackers, your the ends, or whatever, yeah, you know. But uh, solid choices. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. No. 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 There's yeah. No. There's there's no really wrong answers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you got your air game. Now I got my air game. So at quarterback. At quarterback, I'm going Peyton Manning. The guy is accurate. That was, unex- that was unexpected. It is unexpected. I, 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 I didn't have it until about 10 seconds ago. I was going back and forth in my head. Um, I'm going Peyton, one, because he can get us out of bad plays. You're going to have a great defense. He's going to be able to read the defense at the line of scrimmage and get us maybe out of some bad plays two or three or four times throughout the game and get us some positive yards just from being smart enough to, to look at your defense. Um, he's accurate as hell. Um, and, and more importantly, uh, he's not one of those that has a favorite receiver. It's who's open. And hopefully I'm going to have someone open every time. Right. So right. Right. Uh, I'm going I'm to go, I'm going to go with Peyton uh, only because if it was just pure quarterback and skills, People like the Brett Favre and all that, but here's the thing: I don't trust Brett Favre against your defense. Yeah. He's going to throw way too many interceptions, right? Yeah. Peyton's going to be able to see your defense and maybe figure something out. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm going with 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 Peyton. Yeah. Not yeah. saying that Peyton's the best quarterback ever, but I think in this situation, I think he's the best quarterback for this team. Right. So yeah. who's he going to throw the ball to? Exactly. I've got some ideas where you might go. Oh, I've that. got a bunch of ideas, but I'm just going to go with the obvious. I'm going Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. <laughs> that would be that would be my short list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how and, can and you and say? Thankfully, you know, and thankfully, I set up my secondary. And you I did. No, no, you did. You did. Yeah, yeah, you did. I mean, you know, you're you're gonna have Randy going down the field with maybe Dion over the top at safety, trying to keep up with Randy and his Dion. That'd be a hell of a matchup. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then you have the best route runner in hands in the in the history of the game in Jerry Rice. So, yeah. 
Um, but you're also talking about the pressure on the QB. Is it going to be the same uh, yeah. throwing scenario if he's having to get rid of that ball quicker, right? Well, I'm hoping that my all-world offensive line can give him at least three seconds or two and a half seconds, you know? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Um, That's interesting. That's all. Yeah. So, That's you all. you covered a good portion of my short list for offense. Yeah. Quite honestly. Nice. Quite honestly. Nice. So, uh, we were on the same page, and that just tells the pedigree. It speaks to the pedigree of some of these players, you know. Yeah, and and, and, and Steve Largent's mentioned out there, and, and yeah, I could have gone Steve. I could have gone Lance Allworth, Bambi. Yeah. Um, I could have gone. I could have gone Michael Irvin, the best possession third third down receiver. And Irvin's a big guy. Game. Irvin's yeah, a he's six four. Yeah. So that would have been Irvin a great across the middle, mind. maybe. You know. Yeah, Irvin would have given my guys fits. I think. I think yeah. Irvin. Uh, but but but, but I think Jay Novacek can fill that across the middle role. I think so. You know? I think so. And you went speed on the ends, and so I went speed. Yeah. yeah, I went speed, and yeah. and I had to have a, a tight end that could block also at least at least chip and, and then break away. You know, right? Um, right. So yeah, yep. no, I think that I think that if someone's out there listening to this, draft those two teams, put it in Madden, and. Let us know. Let us know who wins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a zero-zero tie in eight thousand yeah. overtimes. Probably, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like um, you probably play that probably, game ten times and it's five five to five. You know. I don't know. There can't be much yardage probably on that, and, and if there is, it's probably crazy yardage. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's 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 like, it's. Something freaked happened, and Randy Moss, like Dion, slipped, and Randy Moss went down the sideline or something, or right, you know, Bo, Bo did something nuts, or you know, Barry was Barry, you know, right, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, cool, we got to talk about EAA now, yeah, you do, yeah, you do. So, uh, man, I've you know, I'm working on a video now, um, because there's been so many you know, handguns and, and thankfully, yeah. you know, this year in 2023 and thankfully, uh, you know, a lot of them have been EAA and yeah. Yeah. it's tough, man. I had to like come up with the thinking about the best one out of, and it's like, Holy moly. Like, yeah, it's been a great year for him. You know, it's insane. Just the amount of just boom, 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 you know, uh, amazing things. Uh, whether we're talking about the, uh, uh, MC4TT, the tip up, which, you know, is, you know, sort of niche in a way, uh-huh. uh, yep. you know, seen some comments on that, you know, people hating on it a little bit. We'll probably end up being the gun of the year, a uh, handgun of the probably. year. Right? Yep. I kind of think, uh, when we get around to NRA time next year, but, um, you know, I think that a lot of folks realize, and I think EA realized too, that, that it was a niche. It was covering, you know, people that had trouble with manipulation and this, that, and the other. And mm-hmm. a lot of the gripes I'm seeing on that is Ooh, there's no extractor. And it's like, well, how, if you've got an extractor that's hooked <laughs> into a barrel, how are you going to tip up said barrel? Like, it, right. Hello, it doesn't work like that. If you can come over, if you can, if you can get over that engineering hurdle, then you need to freaking call Gerson or call EAA and let Then you just designed the handgun of the year. (laughs) And I think that they would probably make that change to the handgun. If you can figure out a way to get an extractor in a, in a chamber of a barrel and it still tip up, then, you know, groovy. So it's really silly. Some of the arguments I see on that, but then you've got, uh, like the croissant high power wasn't bad to the bone enough. Then the lightweight that's a half a pound lighter comes out. You're like, Oh my yeah. God. Um, yeah. 
and then the 2311 right on the heels of that and it just you know some sick stuff with uh eaa this year and the best is yet to come in 24 i think now ozzy out there says was this the year of hammer fired guns i i i, I don't well, know i, I think bit. that a little bit um i think what it was was uh getting away from the plastic striker fire not necessarily to say hey we're gonna go back to hammer i think it was all right it, 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 everything kind of goes in cycles so it, it the industry is cyclical so they're not only going to hammer fire but they're going to larger guns in, in the, the the 2011 styles and a lot of people are going to steel frame guns again and getting away from polymer and um yep. so i mean I, I think it was i think it was yeah a rebirth of the steel frame hammer fired uh, maybe not even steel frame hammer fire, just steel frame or hammer fire, but a lot of them are steel well, frame hammer fired, you know? Yeah. And if you're going, if you're going metallic frame and, and of course, if you're talking about the, like the, uh, 2311, of course, this is the poly yep. frame with, you know, you yep. know, steel upper steel slide. But if you're, you know, especially with the, you're on high power with some of this other stuff that yeah. you see the, the 1911s, the, the, the MC, uh, 1911 carry, for example, and some of this other yep. stuff, if you're going to go with, with metal frame anyway, um yeah. you know an all metal frame striker fire that's just kind of weird it's, it's kind of strange you know? know um and then you know obviously metal frame you're not too terribly concerned with weight so having the extra hammer or whatever you know but one of the things that comes to and i think people kind of realize is you know people get used to their they're poly wonder nines or whatever. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I mean, how many of those are on the market that you can just, mm -hmm. Oh man, this one, then this one, then this one. And folks don't realize with the, with the poly, you know, wonder nines and they may not be nines. I'm just using that as a catch all term, sure. yeah. but folks don't realize that when you're dealing with striker fire, you're super limited as far as, you know, really with how good that trigger can be. Yeah. Even if you're talking about something that you and I both love, which is the Walther PPQ. That's right. Um, which is they a figured it out. <laughs> it's a phenomenal trigger. But I've got mediocre hammer fire handguns yeah. Yeah. that kick the dog snot out of the PPQ. Sure. Absolutely. And it's just because of the engineering, the mechanics. And they should. And they should, yes, right? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the yeah. thing. So I think that people, you know, they may carry you know, a striker fire or something like that. And then they, you know, they're looking for just something if they're at the range, Hey, you know, something extra, or maybe it's in, you know, in the nightstand or whatever the case may be. And they, they, they play around with something hammer fire. And I think that, that a lot of times that's what gets them. They feel yeah. that, that trigger on that hammer fire, again, even a mediocre hammer fired handgun. And they're like, Holy crap. I didn't realize that a trigger could be this nice. <laughs> well, and I think that that's where, I think that's where people that are kind of converting to hammer fired from the striker world. And I use myself as an example. Uh, and do I have hammer? Do have I had hammer fired guns? Sure. Do I love them? Uh, yeah. I, I, I like certain ones, you know, but forever for years and years and years, I have been primarily that polymer striker fired guy, right? That's just what I enjoyed shooting. But I think what people are starting to realize is, you can go find a, 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 a PPQ, which is a phenomenal trigger. But when a hammer fire trigger breaks, if you can't tell the difference, then it shouldn't matter what you shoot at that point. 
when that hammer fart, when, when that trigger breaks, it is so crisp. Even like you said, even an average hammer fired trigger, when it breaks, it's going to be unbelievable. And, um, and I think that that's where, I think that's where people are going is the, the polymer nines, if you will, you know, that everyone's been shooting for 10, 20 years, um, have its purpose. But I think now what people are sitting there saying, you know, and, and if you remember 10 years ago, everyone was into the LCP and the bodyguard and let's get the smallest micro 380 we can carry. That was a right. big thing. Now everyone's carrying 1911s and 2011s now and then the high powers and they want to get that that heavier, bigger gun to carry now. And now that people are willing, because all the companies went to, we got to get the perfect carry gun. We got to get the perfect carry gun. Well, that's a polymer nine or 380 or whatever. And now that people are saying, you know what? I don't mind carrying a bigger gun, especially if I can get it in 10 millimeter, or if I can get a double stack 2311, you know, um, and so that's, that's opened up so many more things where now companies don't have to just do carry guns. They can say, Hey, we can have our micro guns over here, but you know what? We can go back and bring out some great designs like the high power. We can make yep. the high power lighter so that people can carry it. We can get the 2311 out. We can get the MC 14 out. So, you know, that's a 380, but it's a pretty big 380 to carry, but people aren't as worried about that. So I think that it just shows where the industry is going is there's so many more options for these, these companies to go with now that they're, I think they're having fun. I know EAA is having fun because not only do they have making great guns, but they've got their dealers like Davidson's or Shields or or Sport South. They're doing like one-off like color designs that are you know specific oh, yeah. to those distributors. So oh, EAA is yeah. not only just doing different guns, but they're saying, hey, we can do some cool designs and color schemes if you want to. So I think that's where people are going. They want they want almost like a customized gun now, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, thanks to uh, again, yeah, firing us here and uh, you're up, man. Your topic, I'm up. So we're gonna go top five guitarists. Oh, god, right, right. It's I mean, there's a lot of them out there, so. You don't have to go like from five to one. I'm going to go five to one because I've got my list already, but you're just going to, you know, maybe the, the top five in, in, in whatever order, you know, that you would like. I'm going to get my pen and paper out here and, and, uh, and take notes for this, but yeah, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go guitarists, top five guitar players. Let's do it. So you're going to get your first pick. Oh, I go first, huh? Or you want me to go first and let you kind of um Um I tell you what, you let you let me go first earlier, so I will concede and let you go first. Okay, yeah, it'll give you the time oh, yeah. to kind of to, to go over it. I'm gonna go uh, like I said, these are kind of kind of kind of be in order. Um so my number five is Tom Morello and there might be some people that don't know Tom Morello is a guitar player from rage against the machine. And then with audio slave and audio slave was basically rage against the machine with Chris Cornell as their lead singer, uh, same band, just a different singer. But, uh, Tom Morello, um, is a phenomenal guitar player. And, and, and this is back in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, that when you hear, when, when I heard rage against the machine for the first time, I was like, Oh my God. Like 
who who's that? So I'm gonna go with Tom Morello as my number five. Uh, okay, so we're number five. You don't have to. I'm going. I'm going from five to one because I've had time to put my list together. You can just do your five, unless you yeah, want to. Yeah, I may go opposite direction, just simply that way. Okay. You know, yeah. You know, don't, don't take them up or whatever. Yeah. But. So who's your number? Who's your Who's your number one? This is going to be out of the blue, and when I say the name, you'll understand why. And a lot of people sure. out there listening probably will. I go Roy Clark, man. That's that's a solid choice, right? Yep, that's a solid choice. Um, Roy Clark, you guys need to go listen to some seventies country music and look up Hee Haw. Anything with a string, as a matter of fact. Well, this I is true. Great fiddle player, yeah, oh for God. sure. Yeah, banjo, yeah, banjo, yep. That's solid. That's solid. Um, my number four, uh, Texas Flood, baby, going Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotta go, gotta go Stevie Ray Vaughan as my number four. Um, gotta be on the list. Yeah. He's gotta be on the list, right? I don't care who's listed. He's gotta be on it, right? If you hadn't have brought him up, I would have. Yeah. I mean, you, I'm a Texas boy. You think I'm not going to bring up Stevie Ray Vaughan? Right. <laughs> Especially I'm a Dallas boy. I'm dead. I gotta bring up Stevie Ray Vaughan or I'll never be allowed back in the city, you know? Yep. All right, who's yep. your next one? Um, and you can choose the same ones. You don't have like they're not off the board, yeah, right? I'm gonna split it up. I normally do just so we got a lot folks out there listening. Uh, but this is not because of that. I don't have to copy you. Um, I go Mark Knopfler, man. He was uh, he. Uh, so Mark Mark is my number six. He 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 almost made it over Morello. So yeah. Uh, dire Straits, folks, if you're out there, don't know who Mark Knopfler is. Dire Straits. Straits. Yep. So go listen to Sultans of Swing. And my favorite Dire Straits song is Brother in Arms, but uh, I don't know about you, but that's not really a guitar song. But no, Knopfler was amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, my number three is Prince. Yeah. And I Another don't know if Prince gets, I, yeah, I don't know <laughs> a lot of people that are just maybe casual music listeners. I don't think may even know, or they don't appreciate Prince as a, as a musician, first of all. Um, but a guitar player is unbelievable, but people don't realize on almost every single one of his albums that he ever recorded, he played every instrument. He hired a band to tour with, but he played every instrument on every song of every album he basically ever did. He did not have a band that he recorded with. It was him, which is incredible. But he's one of he's if you if you want to, I'm gonna put it this way. If you want to, and you want to hear Prince's true genius of the guitar, just Google, or not Google, but YouTube search uh, Prince while my guitar gently weeps. And it was a it was a celebration of George Harrison's life when he died. And you had Jeff Lynn and um, George Harris's son was up there. Um, Clapton was up there. You had um, Tom Petty was up there. And when the solo came for my while my guitar gently weeps, Prince came on and shredded it. Probably maybe the greatest um, 
the greatest guitar solo I've ever seen. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, Wood says when Clapton was asked what it's like being the best guitar player in the world, he answered, you should go ask Prince. That is a true statement. That that did actually happen. Right. The song on Prince is my number three, if that tells you anything. Yeah. Um. So number three, Ozzy out there saying Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh had some. Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh, great. Yeah, um, I'm going to go out outside the box for a lot of people again uh, here. I'm going to go Chet Akins. Oh, that's another good one. Yeah. Nice. We're talking about true. We're not talking about performer. Rock and roll. We're talking, yep. about, we're talking about guitar player here. That's right. That's yep. what you said was guitar not player. Guitar. So, all right. <laughs> And for me, these aren't necessarily what I'm considering the best guitar players ever. Um, these are my favorite guitar players. Well, that's so, where I was kind of going you know, with it. Was it's a difference because Clapton and Hendrix skilled. and all of these guys, Jimmy Page, Jeff yeah. Beck, like they would be on that list. But these are my favorite. B.B. Uh, King, yeah. another great one. Yeah. Well, that's the difference, I guess, between some of yours and mine. I'm trying. I'm going with what I, who I think is the most skilled. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and who I like, and I, I'm thinking, and, and who I, mean, I, I like, like them, listening to. I like them yeah. too, but yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, so is my number two, right? Mm, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. My number two is Slash. Um, I'm a huge GNR fan. Uh, there's something about Slash that it almost seems effortless with him, and um. I, I I just I'm I'm a huge fan I, I I'm a huge fan of Slash um, I, I'm I, he's also widely considered in the music industry as one of the nicest guys in the music industry which is kind of ironic when you're a bandmate with Axel you know yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he, he's he's a nice guy the greatest story that I know about Slash is if anyone knows anything about guitars uh my favorite and, and one of the most iconic guitars ever is the 1959 gibson les paul and there was a guitar that Dwayne allman had uh for the allman brothers great guitar player and um and then it became joe perry's from aerosmith in the 70s and um and by 1988 1981 when aerosmith kind of fell off there for a while joe perry was needing money and he sold his 1959 Gibson Les Paul that was Dwayne Allman's for $8,000. And a few years later, it went up and the guy that bought it from Joe Perry, I don't know who that was, they never said, um, needed money and was in Japan and ran into Slash and asked if he would want to buy it. And he did. He bought it for $8,500. That guitar is worth over a million dollars now. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, because now adding Slash to that promenade, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, yeah. but here's a cool thing. So when Joe Perry found out that Slash had it now, now this is 86, 87, 88, 89, whenever, when Aerosmith kind of had their comeback, he contacts Slash and asked if he could buy it back from him. And Slash was like, I knew you were going to do this. No, Because I, I, Joe Perry was Slash's influence, one of his major influences. So that's why he bought it. And so Joe Perry kept calling and kept calling. Finally, you know, he says, look, I'm not going to ask you because I don't want our friendship to be ruined over this guitar. Yeah. Needless to say, if you ever do want to sell it, please let me be your first phone call. At least give me the first opportunity to buy it back from you. He's like, that's right. fair. That's fair. Yeah. So Joe Perry turns 50 years old. 
they're doing a big celebration and he gets cheap trick to come up on stage with them um, to play a couple songs. And he walks on stage. His guitar guy brings out the 59 Les Paul. And he said, by the way, Slash said, happy birthday. And he gave it back to him for free. Gave it to him. It's a million dollar guitar. That kind of person about Slash right there. If you knew nothing else about Slash, take the music aside. That's a pretty cool story, you know? But so let's be honest, a million dollars to slash. I mean, I'm not taking away. I get it, but, but, but it's also like this goes. iconic guitar, you know? That's like, uh, I mean, it's, it's significant. Don't get me wrong, but that would be like a hundred yeah. bucks between us. No, I get it. I, I mean, get it. Like, but, 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 yeah. but here's the thing. Slash could offer, offer Joe Perry $10 million right now. And Joe probably doesn't sell it back to him. Yeah. So it's almost a priceless guitar. Right. You know, now here's the thing. My, my, I was telling that story uh, to my wife. A few nights ago, we were talking about it, and because uh, I'm looking at getting a, a 59 Les Paul replica, right? Because um, that's my favorite guitar of all time. Anyways, she said, do you think that the Aerosmith guy would will it back to Slash when he dies, or at least to Slash's family? And I said, I don't know, but that'd be kind of cool if he did, you know, yeah. say, hey, I, you know, you had this. I'm going to give it back to you. And, you know, I don't know, but that'd be kind of cool if it is, you know? Yeah. I think that'd be fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Um, she fires says, I do love slash behind Prince. So I get it. I get it. No, I get it. It's a tough one. Uh, your fourth, your fourth, fourth. Mm. Carlos Santana. Oh, that's a good one. A little black magic woman. That's a good one. You know, the funny thing about Carlos Santana is he's a, obviously a very famous guitar player, a famous musician, but most of the songs that he's famous for, he didn't sing in. He just played the guitar in. You know what I'm right. saying? Yep, like, exactly. You know, most of those songs, he was just a guitar. He hired friends and, 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 and good and great singers to sing the song, but it's a, it's a Santana song, but he's just the one playing the guitar, which right. is phenomenal, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. Now, Wood says Les Paul is pretty good as well. That's true. Les Paul yeah, was. There's a reason why, you know. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you what, I don't remember his wife's name off the top of my head, but his wife was no slouch. Who Les Paul? Yeah. Uh, who's Les Paul's wife? Mary Ford. Mary Ford. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a minute. Mary Ford. Yeah. Yep. Was no slouch at guitar for sure. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more. One more. So if if you guys once again, you know, um, this is not saying that I think these are the best. Good. These are my favorite guitar players. I'm saying. The and best. well, I, 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 and, and these are these are all. And, it out and, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My mine are sitting there. You're telling me, you know, these are all great guitar players, but these are my favorite guitar players to listen to it obviously right. they have to be great to be on this list to begin with right this is true yeah um but my number one guitar player ever of all time probably comes to no surprise to a lot of you out there that know me but it's david gilmore uh from pink floyd i, I yeah. i'm a big the, when, I, when i started playing guitar when i was like 11 i played uh, 10 10 i think 10 and i played for a few years and then i started playing the drums uh, but my first, put it this way, my first guitar was a black strat. Obviously yeah. not his, but, but it was a black strat because of David Gilmore. 
Um, great guitar player. Some of the most iconic solos ever in music. And people, I think several magazines, including Rolling Stone, has, has rated the Comfortably Numb solo is the number one solo in the history of music. But uh, but no, David Gilmore understand that I, I, I found Pink Floyd when I was five years old. And I was completely entranced with Pink Floyd, listening to Dark Side of the Moon and then uh, The Wall and Animals and Wish You Were Here. Those albums, those four albums in a row were unbelievable. And I, to this very day, I can just throw on Dark Side of the Moon and just be happy for an hour and, and yeah. just listen to David Gilmour. So for me, David Gilmour is my favorite, uh, in, in my eyes, the number one guitar player ever. Yeah. yeah. All right, who you got? Well, my list has went the opposite direction. Yes, uh, yeah. Um, more or less. Um, You've got Roy Clark, Mark Knopfler, Chet Atkins, and Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana. And I think I'm going to round it out with Stevie Vai. That's a great one. Steve Vai. Oh, man. Scythe throughout there. Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I forgot about Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Um, if you remember the nineties, he had a couple of man, Kenny Wayne was, was really good for a young kid, man. Yep. Really good for a young kid. Um, yep. yeah, he's saying Clapton Hendrix, uh, Stevie Ray Gilmore and Kenny Wayne Shepard, Kenny Wayne Shepard. I forgot list. about that kid. Yep. That's solid list. Yeah. Solid list. So your list, Roy Clark, Mark Knopfler, Chad Akins, Carlos Santana and Steve Vai. Mine from five to one is Tom Morello, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Prince, Slash, and David Gilmore. Both lists, I think that covers a wide um, spectrum of guitar heroes, if you will. And we're, go- oh, right. and we're not talking the ones of the Jeff Becks, the Claptons, the Hendrix, oh, the God. Eddie Van Halens, you know, the people that are considered by most as the greatest ones. Oh, yeah. These are some names that outside of those givens that you might want to go check out. Especially Clover's, especially Clover's list. That's some some really you, you pulled a couple my names out there. I would have never my, thought yeah, of. Yeah, my list, my list, and and I usually try to do that. I try to think a little outside the box and and yeah. uh, to give people some things to go. Who the crap was that? And go look it up. <laughs> and some stuff. Uh, you know, if you genuinely like guitar picking, then you know yeah. my list is see, those yeah. dudes can pick a guitar. Let me tell you. So I'll tell you another one if, all for, the way down. For, Modern country music, Brad Paisley is a hell of a guitar player. Oh, Brad Paisley. Um, I'll tell you what, Keith Urban is not too shabby. Keith Urban, Vince Gill is a great guitar player. Yep. You know, yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Ricky Skaggs was uh, Ricky Skaggs. Well, Ricky Skaggs can play anything. He was He's a Roy, Roy Clark. Clark. Yeah, Roy Clark Jr. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, grew up, grow up, you grow up like that in the South, whatever, playing bluegrass, yep. and you pretty much learn everything with strings at that point. Everything and stuff without strings too. <laughs> well, this is true. Yeah, this is true. Uh, so yeah, we are going to the last topic. So if you guys are out there, we're gonna um, Clover's gonna bring up the the I'm random. Huh. I said, I'm working on it now. Yeah. So he's going to bring that. We're going to give you guys about 30 more seconds or so. If you haven't, if you're out there and you haven't said anything in the chat, go ahead and say something because that will get you entered into this. And we're, we're going to do, we're going to draw and whoever name it draws, you get to give us a topic. We will talk about anything and everything as long as it will not get us kicked off of YouTube or the podcast platforms. Um, so 
Get your thinking and, caps on. Get creative. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, answer quickly when we draw your name too. This is true we too. Are, yeah, we are uh, in the audio podcast replay world, and silence is not a good thing. Um, <laughs> and, and real quick before we draw, because we're final seconds here, we're about to hit the button. But uh, you know, for this particular segment, the entirety of we decided earlier for those that came in late, yeah, the entirety yeah. of the last episode of the year, which will be next Sunday. The entirety of the episode will be completely three topics viewer driven. So, yep, all uh, three topics. I'm very you guys show up early and, uh, yeah, and often. So, yeah, let's draw this. Let's see what's out there. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Probably, probably not, which would be me or you, basically. Yep. And, and we, we had a whammy. We had a, a whammy. Cheat. What a cheat. I'll draw again. <laughs> My topic, uh, no, I'm not doing another topic. We already did your topic. (laughs) Woods and Woods Woods. just just commented. So Woods, in post haste fashion, my friend, he commented just a couple minutes ago. (laughs) Yes, he did. Yeah. In uh, post haste fashion, give us a topic, please, Mr. Woods, and we will move forward. This segment, while we wait, brought to you by our good friends over at Taurus. Uh, I've bloviated forever about EAA. You can bloviate yeah. uh, about Taurus now, maybe. Yeah, so uh, obviously uh, their striker fire game has come a long way in the last few years with a G3. I start with a G2. The G2 wasn't bad. The G3 took it to a whole other level, and now the G4, the G4X are, are taking it. So their striker games come a long, long way. Obviously, uh, the PT92 has been around for a while. The revolver game is pretty solid. Um, great, great stuff. Clover, you can talk more and more about the Rossi side and stuff like that and the revolvers, but yeah, I've really enjoyed, uh, the, the last couple of years of their striker fire game is it's come a long way. Um, and it's one of those things where you can definitely sit there and I don't feel uncomfortable saying, Hey, if I've only got a few hundred dollars, what's a good quality handgun for that $300 or less frame. Um, I'm going to sit there and say, you need to look at the G3 or the GX4 from Taurus. I think that that's a solid, solid gun. Uh, They come along. They come a long way in the striker fire game, but um, yeah, Uh, the TX22 is great out there. She fire says, Um, and the revolvers are solid. The PT92 solid, but uh, they've, they've got a couple of companies that aren't just handgunned under the Taurus international umbrella as well. Uh, Yeah. No, I I agree. I am not. I've said it a bunch of times. I'm not a big fan of the TX22, but you know, with uh, when it comes to Taurus, you know, I lean more into the revolver thing. Real yeah. quick, we're drawing again. Uh, Woods. Woods hadn't said anything. Yeah. Entirely too long, which is crazy because he just commented. So let's draw again, and then we'll lament uh, a little more about Taurus. Let's see who we got. Gizzard, Gizzard Gary. Lizard Larry, if he's Lizard Larry's out there, I haven't seen him come in a while, but he might just be sitting there hanging out and talking. We'll give Gizzard Gary uh, out there, if you're out there, Gizzard, listening, uh, about uh, 30 seconds or so. But yeah, the um, uh, the 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 what am I thinking? Revolver game where you ended up. It was, but I was going to go a different direction with that and oh, say okay. that the. Um, the copycat line, right? Oh, With yeah, the sure. uh, 1911s and 92s. I mean, they're starting to bring some of that back again. And that kind of goes yeah. into what, what was it, Ozzy earlier that was talking about, like the hammer yep. fire game and stuff. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see. I would like to uh, maybe compare those uh, at some point 
because I do have some of the uh, PT-1911s, PT-92s, and, and, you know, how do they compare? Are they, have they improved on anything, right? Or they... You would think they uh, would, right? I mean, you would think. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Iron Horseman. Go ahead and draw another uh, one. I guess Gary's not I'm there. Well, he's going to answer this question. Iron Horseman says, I wish Taurus made a 380 version of the GX4. You never know what's getting ready to come up in the next month, man. You never know. Shot show coming. There could be some cool stuff. I uh, got another whammy. I've already done my topic. Let's draw again. Wow. Not a good uh, time for the drawing. So, no, no. What we may have to do uh, next season. Oh, I know he's out there. He just, he just, just in the, like, literally, uh, literally. And I think he's know, had a topic before. So, uh, Sykes, yep. uh, you need to uh, give us a topic post haste, my friend. Um, yep. So, while Sykes is out there doing that, yep. uh, what we may need to do for the 24 season of this is actually not run the, the uh, comet collector until we call for it. And then that way we've got. That's Maybe true. That yeah. Are current in right the, there. Uh, yeah. The chat. Yeah. 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 Oh, he says hammer fired versus striker fired. So let's uh, Clover and I can have fun with this because we, I, you know, yeah, this would be good for us. Let's do it. Do you want to? Do you want to take hammer fired or do you want to take striker fired? Or you want to talk uh, a little bit about both? I'll tell you what. I'm going to, I'm going to come down on the position of striker. And why don't you okay. come down on the position of yeah. hammer? That could be fun. Yeah. yeah. So, um, most of you that know for me, um, I learned to shoot a handgun on the Breda M nine, which is the 92. Uh, that's where I, that's the first handgun I ever shot. That's the, the first one. And, uh, obviously a hammer fired gun. Um, great gun in my eyes. Some people may, uh, disagree with that, but I, I love that gun. But then for the next forever long, I was really into the striker nine game. And most of the guns that I had there for a long, 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 long time were striker fired polymer nine millimeters. I'm uh, not saying that I didn't have others, but, um, but those are the majority in the last two or three years. And I'll tell you the gun that kind of, uh, brought me back was the Ronin from Springfield at 10 millimeter 1911. I got a few years ago, Uh beautiful gun, but I enjoyed shooting it. And I had forgotten how much I enjoyed hammer fired guns. Um, and ironically over the last few years, I've most of the guns that I have gotten have been hammer fired, whether it's 1911s or high powers or whatever, you know, there's, there's uh, not, not, not high powers, but 1911s and, um, We've had the Linehearts, had some stuff from, um, what do you call it, uh, Global Ordnance from the from the Grand Power line that right. have come in. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of hammer-fired guys come in. And, and like I said earlier, I, I, you know, you shoot them, but you kind of forget sometimes the triggers. You, tina, you, you tend to forget sometimes the weight because, you know, for so long – you were trying to get to the light, the lightweight gun that you could get that the smallest and the lightest weight gun. And there's something to be said, especially for me in the last few years, I've gone back and really have enjoyed the full size, heavy steel frame guns with a hammer fired in, in the trigger. Um, so I think that if you're looking for a really stable gun, that's going to have a lot of girth to it. That's going to be feeling good in your hands, going to shoot great, more of a full size gun with a phenomenal trigger. 
um, then you need to go hammer fired because that's exactly what you're describing. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy in the last few years for me that uh, my my love for hammer fired has kind of come back and and I've enjoyed a lot of the hammer fired stuff I've gotten the last few years. I've, they're just great shooting guns. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna defend the striker fired, huh? Interesting. Uh, more or less, I'm gonna come down on and, and talk about yeah. my kind of my experience with that, and I'll probably tell a story since Sykes is the one that answered this question, and I'm yeah. pretty confident in saying he's never heard this story. A lot of you out there probably have, but um, you know, I grew up obviously, you know, hammer fired was the yeah. was the thing, like striker fire. I mean, you know, Glocks eventually caught on and the Smith and Wessons and the other things, but I was well grown by that time. Uh, so I was so accustomed to, to, uh, to hammer fire. Um, the, some of the, the things in, in my story relates to this. I'll get to the story in a second, but the, um, the thing about striker fire is you're able to get the more compact. You're able to get less parts. You're able to get, you know, all now you give up a lot. Right. You, you give do. up the yeah, weight, sure. you give up capacity often, you give up other things. Um, but, uh, you know, the nice trigger, for example. And, and but, you know, you're, you've got some added safety measures you can incorporate. There's, there's a lot of a lot of positives to the uh, to the to the striker fire. Um, and my, my story speaks to some of that um, and striker fire, whether you like it or not. Right, pretty much the striker fire stems from the Glock. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah, I mean, absolutely, it, yeah. It's, you know, striker fire doesn't have the prevalence it has today without the Glock, right? Yeah, uh, sure. whether you love them or hate them. And um, so we were out on a range one day, and, and you know, doing the 4-H thing, and big, huge area. I don't even know how big that the 4-H range was, and you know, dozens, hundreds, whatever of kids, and. So, uh, was a buddy of mine and he always gave me crap for the Glock 42 carrying the Glock 40. Really? Carried, was yeah, it, was it carried. the Glock or was it the 42? Like the actual well, 42? It was, I think it was, it was a little bit of both. Right. Okay. Uh, and you got to realize the Glock 42 had just came out. I'm a big 380 fan. All yeah. folks know that. And the Glock 42 just came out. So it's not like I chose it over the, the, uh, uh, 49 or anything like that uh and it just came out picked it up i still love it to this day still primary carry to this day but uh, i hadn't had it too terribly long at that point and uh you know he'd always give me crap and he carried a little you know compact size whatever you want to call that 1911 right colt at sure. that um always gave me crap so we so we're on the rage one day and uh those kids hollering snake you know and so we take off running and he's ahead of me by, I don't know, 10 or 12, maybe steps. Right. right. Uh, he gets there. He's pretty much drawn by the time he gets there. Uh, click. I see him rack the slide. Click. I see him rack the slide. Click. Um, <laughs> I run up. No hesitation. I don't say a word. One smooth motion. Pull the 40 do 42, you know, pop. You know, pop, cut the snake in half. Uh, it's over with. And uh, all I did is I turned to him and I said, "How's that nineteen eleven working out for you?" Holstered my Glock forty two and went back to the range. Wow, my um, drop it on him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had a conversation later. Subsequently, not long after that, he bought a uh, Glock twenty two from me. <laughs> so, of course he did. Um, sure. Um, but 
you know, that speaks to, you know, I carried in the same conditions, right? The same yeah. weather, the same humidity, yeah. the same, basically the clothes, the same, everything uh, that he did. Um, and, you know, it was his fault. Don't get me wrong. He took that home later and, and tore it down and cleaned it all good. And then it, it, it ran like a champ after that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he just neglected some of the cleaning and maintenance and other things. So, you know, when we talk about hammer fire, striker fire, striker fire is much more forgiving. Uh, kind of is yeah. the point and the moral of that story, I think. Uh, and so uh, I'm a big proponent with both of our sides and, and, you know, going oh, yeah. to bat for, for each one. I'm a proponent that you need uh, both. Yes, you need, and, yes. And probably, and probably <laughs> many of both, right? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, so, so are you telling me that sometime down the line, there could be a video coming from CloverTac called The Snake Killer? The Snake Killer? Oh, my God. you got to do a, a Glock 42 video with a, you know, with called The Snake Killer. killer. Yeah, I told that story. <laughs> I don't know how many times. Uh, I know, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sykes out there. Uh, thanks for the topic, by the way, Sykes. Absolutely. Uh, says yeah. Glock's only pistol. I'll, I will hundred percent trust my life too. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty much going to go bang. Even if you find them under a foot of snow, that's my other Glock this is true. story. Or, um, six inches of mud. Um, Oh, this is that. True. yeah. You've had, had that, that happen. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, well, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's close this one out, man. We're running. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody out there. We want to thank everybody for always supporting the channel. Thank you to all of our channel members, uh, for both of us. We thank you so much. You guys don't know how much it means to us to, to have someone that, uh, supports the channel like that. Most importantly, thanks for just supporting by watching, viewing, sharing all of that stuff. Uh, as much as we appreciate you supporting us, we do ask you to go and support our sponsors, whether it's EAA and Taurus. And you don't have to go and buy anything. Obviously, it would be great if you went and bought something and you mentioned Ghost and Clover to them. More importantly, if, if you just want to go to their social media and leave a comment on one of their posts saying, hey, thanks for uh, supporting the Ghost and Clover podcast. We really do appreciate that. Uh, this lets them know that people um, are thankful for what they do for our industry and for us as well. Uh, more importantly, guys, we want you to uh, understand that we are not going to be doing a show two weeks from now. It's Christmas Eve. So our season one finale will be next weekend at eight o'clock central nine Eastern. And like Clover said, all three segments will be viewer picked. We will not bring our own. All three will be from you guys. So make sure you check that out. Uh, you got anything else? No, man. Um, How's your head? You got a headache or something? You good? Hallelujah. Where's the Tylenol? Right. Yeah. You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> 